Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This episode is brought to you by City Index. You shouldn't have to pay a premium for the most exciting market opportunities. Start trading the biggest companies for less with City Index's commission-free U.S. share CFDs. Go long or short with $0 commission on Apple, Amazon and our full range of US markets both in and out of hours. Visit cityindex.com to try a risk-free demo account today. City Index, invested in your success. All trading involves risk. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. It's the 19th of September, 2022. This is the COB, the stuff you need to know about the day in markets and business. I'm Nadine Blaney. Hey, I'm here with David Scott. How are you, Scotty? I'm great. How are you doing today? I'm pretty well. Uh, Look, it was a bit of a lackluster day in terms of market action. I mean, the sun is shining gloriously outside of our studios here in Sydney right now. But yeah, it it just feels to me like we're in a bit of a holding pattern ahead of, well, what, Scotty? Could it be the FOMC? Could be the FOMC, could be the BOE, could be the Bank of Japan, could be the people that, you know, so exasperated after the footy finals this weekend. But uh, who knows? But certainly there wasn't a lot of impetus one way or another. Uh, yeah, so a bit of a muddling, meaningless session in some regards. Yeah, and, and we have the UK, um, obviously, on holidays for the Queen's morning period. We've got our own uh, public holiday to look forward to on Thursday and I was talking to our, our group in the stand-up this morning in the newsroom and just saying oh yeah Scotty was the first person that pointed out to me that we're actually closed for trading on the Thursday after the FOMC and as well Scotty you've got to think there's a lot of people around this well particularly one state in particular that will be um, not around on Friday either it's a weird week it is a really weird week and it does nothing to go and enhance the reputation regionally and globally as a financial uh, centre's hub, but I uh, know that's the way the, uh, the cookie crumbles on this occasion. It is a one-off, it is a very unique circumstance, but you do uh, see the, the threats that could be there from a trading perspective and a hedging perspective if the Fed were to go and do something uh, untoward or out of, uh, out of the realms of expectation. But, uh, of course, we're getting ahead of ourselves. We're still mm-hmm. going to get to the event itself. But, uh, yeah, it, it would have been helpful maybe at least for futures markets to be open. But, uh, alas, they are not. No, but we do have a day off. So, PSA, we all will not be posting new content to the website, the app, or recording this podcast come Thursday. But I dare say our viewers and our listeners will be doing something else as well. Back to today, though, Scuddy. Look, I'm just going to say, if you want any analysis of what the FOMC is likely to do, again, head to the website. There are so many interviews that we conducted throughout the day today. Everybody's got their view. My feeling is the consensus is 75 basis points. I mean, did you speak to anybody who thought otherwise today, Scuddy? No, it all seems to be falling in that direction. The big investment banks are going that way as well, which generally means that uh, if there's any inside mail, they're uh, they're well and truly lucky to have it. So 75, and then we'll see what's in the uh, the accompanying 
uh, economic data set that gets released, the updated forecast that comes through, particularly the dot plot. I know Richard Yetzinger, the uh, chief economist from ANZ, who was kind enough to go and, uh, and speak to us from his car before he took a flight today. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, yeah, revi- re- revised forecasts up. So expecting the terminal rate for the uh, cycle for the Fed funds on this uh, this occasion to go between a range of 475 to 5%. That's way above where the markets and most market economists have it at this point in time which is really interesting. And he doesn't think there's going to be any rate cuts coming through for at least a year after the terminal rate is hit. So, you know, holding the line like Powell is, that I know there's going to go and be an extended period of rates in restricted territory. Well, you can listen to that interview on the website. Yeah, forgive Richard for being in his car, but, you know, it just... Oh, I'm pretty chuffed that he would uh, make the time to speak with us regardless. Um, so that's up on the website. Uh, let's just reiterate where this market finished for the session. Uh, so the S&P ASX 200 um, was just, just in negative territory, down by about a quarter of a percent, 6,719. Now, if I look at some of the sectors that you know, outperformed or underperformed, uh, Polynovo topped the list in terms of percentage point gains, followed by, uh, yeah, some of the gold miners as well did really well. Um, we had uh, Oz Minerals doing really well today, Northern Star was up. So yeah, it was one of those days that saw a lot of the focus being put on some of those big themes, you know, including lithium, including copper. And I think iron ore prices did well through the session as well, didn't they, Scotty? Yeah, we've got uh, Chengdu and Dalian both uh, moving out of uh, full lockdown restrictions. And that's uh, got the markets uh, excited about what that may mean for activity. Of course, with more activity comes the greater risk that we'll get more virus spread. I'll be back at square one, so we'll see how long it lasts. But of course, it's, uh, no, as long as uh, you know, dynamic COVID zero exists, that's the risk that we have to go and deal with as investors. I, I do know just uh, now we're seeing Brent crude coming under pressure once again as we move toward the European Open. We saw the energy plays coming under pressure, including Woodside. Bit of news from Origin, nothing earth shattering, but looks like it'll be selling its its interests in the Beetaloo. So... Perhaps we'll find out uh, more on that from the company. The banks were a bit mixed with CBA leading the charge. CSL was down. BHP was down by the end of the session. Um, We did see a bit of buying in some of those A-REITs, interesting to note, and some of the staples space, so West Farmers. And in fact, you spoke with Raymond Chen uh, from Morgan's a little earlier, and he gave some of his assessments of uh, those in the staples space. So that's available via the show notes if anybody would uh, would like to take a listen there. Now, Scotty, I said there wasn't a lot of corporate news. Oh, gosh, I'm sort of searching around. Link administration, a bit of an update coming through on that Diane Durham bid. Um, look, Rex Airlines had a bit of news out, but really it was just that the firm has green uh, given the green light to its takeover of one of those fly-in, fly-out operators. Um, so look, that was the stock of the day. Let's take a listen to what our guests, Grady Wolf from Bell Direct and David Novak from Wealthwise Education had to say. Yeah, look, it's obviously a positive announcement for the company in expanding their regional presence. Um, the only thing for me is, um, you know, their, their earnings, I need to see that being translated uh, in the future. It's, it's um, at best a hold if you already have the stock, but it's also a very small cap. You know, it's only got a approximately 160 million market valuation. Um, the earnings hasn't been great, as you can imagine, in, this, in the airline industry. But look, this could be a turnaround story. Um, and certainly the trend is starting to become more positive. As you can see there, it's been moving up and it's breaking above what we call that kind of small resistance level as well. So, you know, all in, I, I wouldn't be 
Uh, like I said, it's a small cap, uh, very illiquid as well. I think there's something like less than $50,000 worth of shares traded every day. So it's not going to attract institutional buyers, that's for sure. So, um, you know, if you've got it, uh, you know, you, you'd probably you know, hold it, but I, I wouldn't be a buyer of it myself in this space right now. I think there's better opportunities elsewhere. Absolutely agree. Bell Potter doesn't cover this stock, but completely agree there as it is, it's coming up the ranks, isn't it? So over the last few years, we've seen Regional Express come from the un underdog story, which I love an underdog story. And they've come to compete with the likes of Virgin and Qantas on the big routes like Melbourne to Sydney. So it is great that they're looking to continue that competitive advantage and competitive up the ranks. But I agree in the fact that they haven't addressed the Virgin takeover bid or takeover talks. So I think until that's until that is addressed, we can't really put a hold or a, a put a buyer or sell on it. I think it's a definite hold for me. Okay, so that is uh, look. Nobody's getting too excited about Rex. I've got to say, hey, Scotty, have you? You've not been flying as much lately, have you? Thank goodness, but I'll still get to fifty this year quite easily. Fifty flights, that is. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's really busy. I've actually been thinking about that because there's so many really optimistic uh, analysts out there about the airline industry, and just that contrarian streak of me is just going well times like this don't last forever and at some point in time we know that all these rate hikes and all this tightening of financial conditions we're seeing is going to really start sapping demand you know, just look at some of the prices for, uh, for airfares if you want to go and try and mm -hmm. fly down to Melbourne for the, uh, the grand final in the AFL it is just exorbitant and at some point yeah, that demand's going to weaken. So that's uh, that interesting one. And maybe we're at the other uh, peak excitement when it comes to airlines at this point in time. Mm -hmm. Well, that would be an interesting one. I mean, uh, apart from the reams that have negative publicity that Qantas is getting, yeah, the prices are crazy if you're looking to, to plan a vacation. Look, the losers today, Clinuvel, it was down by 6%. We had a lot of companies either put in to the 200 today or removed from the 200. Clinuvel was one of them. Magellan was off by 5.5%. So, yeah, that continues to be a bit of a pain trade for many long-term investors and shareholders. Breville and Zip were all down today pretty significantly. In fact, tech got hit pretty hard overall. Um, Scotty, tonight we get data on housing coming out in the United States, which I, I, we get a whole heap of data on the housing market, you know, building starts, house prices, the N, um, NF, oh, National Home Builders, NIFB tonight. So it's, it's really uh, one of those sort of uh, real-time indicators on what's going on in the U.S. economy. And by all accounts, even anecdotally, you know, things are slowing significantly in housing there. Yeah, absolutely. It's but it has to be put in context where it's coming from as well. So whilst the figures look pretty downbeat at this point in time, still very elevated uh, you know, relative to what the prevailing trend was before the pandemic. But as we've seen with so many different areas where you talk about you know, consumer goods spending and everything else, those big, big surges that we see uh, following the pandemic are now being reversed and we're getting some mean reversion take place. So not overly surprising. And there is a lot of underlying demand for housing, I've got to say, probably in the States. Uh, maybe not so much for the multi-dwelling uh, multi uh, apartment approvals, but certainly for, uh, for houses, there is still a lot of demand out there. So I'll be interested to see how it goes and plays out over the course of this entire cycle. But yeah, undoubtedly, uh, there's going to be a lot of pessimism out there, you'd imagine. Yeah, we've got a UST bill auction. Do you keep an, a close eye on those, Scotty? Uh, not so much the bills, uh, more the other uh, notes and the bonds further out the curve, uh, where you can get 
spotty demand or very strong demand depending on the prevailing conditions at the moment. But uh, it's always worthwhile paying attention at the moment because Fed QT is uh, now well and truly ramping up and uh, that's going to go and impact liquidity in these markets. And uh, now with all these issuance coming through, not only from the Fed and the Treasury, sorry, uh, but uh, also other private sector borrowers, this might be a bit of crowding out going on. Mm -hmm. We'll see. All right. Well, I'll keep an eye on that. So, yeah, we've got the NAHB Housing Market Index tonight. We've got an ECB speaker. Uh, I mentioned that UK markets are closed for the Queen's funeral. So that's delayed the Bank of England policy decision that will be coming through now on Thursday. Hey, Scotty, I didn't realize this. There are actually 13 central bank meetings this week. So obviously the big ones being uh, the FOMC, being the Bank of England. We've got the Bank of Japan. We've got China as well. Um, it will be setting its prime loan rates this week as well. Today there was a holiday in Japan. Gosh, there's a holiday vibe going around the place. Um, but we do have European markets open tonight. Um, so it, it, it'll be a funny session, I dare say, uh, through the overnight period with so, so much going on internationally. Um, as far as what we get here tomorrow, again, it was a very quiet day here, but we do get the weekly ANZ consumer confidence read, and we do get the RBA board minutes. Could there be anything additional to really shed light on on the central bank thinking right now? I mean, we did have Phil Lowe speaking in the wake of the meeting last. Yeah, it could do. I know they're coming out of that, uh, that policy statement, of course, a very short statement each month. Uh, there was um, two bob each way from the analyst and uh, market community as to what the actual message was. Was it net-net uh, more dovish or net-net more hawkish? Uh, there was kind of an even split. So maybe we might get a bit more context around that. But I think it's made pretty clear the RBA uh, is getting closer to the point where it's going to go and start to go and pull back on the size of rate hikes. Whether that means we won't get another 50 next month, well, maybe. We might get some clues to that. Will we get like 25 or maybe a 40 even? Uh, maybe there'll be some more light shed on that. But I think at this point, they're very data-dependent, uh, um, reacting to what they come and see. So for this point in time, it's probably still too early. But there's always a bit of interest when we're uh, in such a unique hiking cycle. Well, I can tell you, for one, and this has just come through to me, that, um, yeah, ahead of the meeting minutes, Bill Evans, chief economist at Westpac, has been game enough to say that he now believes that the Reserve Bank Board will lift the cash rate by 50 basis points in October, calling the terminal rate at 3.6% in February. So that's upgraded or revised up, I should say, from 3.35% earlier. And Westpac, if you recall, the team there had expected the uh, a slower pace of tightening beginning at the October meeting. So they had thought that perhaps there would be a 25 basis point call. That was their forecast, so they've just upgraded that now, uh, yeah, it's uh, everything's yeah. live. Yeah, interesting. No, that uh, no, the labour market holds the key to everything in this circumstances, and that's uh, unemployment expectations index that I wrote about in the opinion piece last week, one of the days. Uh, certainly really stood out to me as being an area well, you know, people still feel really confident about their job security at this point in time. It means there's probably in a balance of probabilities more work for the RBA to go and do and maybe that reflects what uh, Bill Evans is saying there. Yeah, he's looked saying that the governor has indicated that intention both in the speech to the Australian business economists um, gathering on September 8th and also at the parliamentary hearing last Friday. So you've got basically Bill Evans is saying just you've got to you got to listen, you've got to believe what they continue to tell us and that's sort of been the mantra of central bankers right around the globe. Um, so look, it's uh, interesting time Scotty. Um, anything I'm missing? I mean, you uh, you were sort of talking markets all day today. I mean, I can't help but notice that Bitcoin has fallen below 19,000. 
Yeah, look, it's another US dollar move. I'm actually looking at the uh, the currency markets, which I do include Bitcoin. So that's that's uh, my interpretation of what it is. Uh, but yeah, the US dollar is really strong, and I uh, know those cyclical uh, uh, currencies really getting hit quite hard at this point in time. Uh, yeah, the Aussie dollar is down about half a percent more for the Kiwi. So two really closely aligned currencies to the uh, the global economy. And when you look at what's going on with Bitcoin as well, it suggests that maybe uh, we're starting to go and get a little bit of uh, concern creeping back in when it comes to uh, what we might see when it comes to another uh, global economy uh, in the nearer term. Because, uh, yeah, it seems to be pretty soft. But at this point in time, you can't really read too much into the price action, of course, because there's not a lot of people at their desk at the moment with London being off at this point in time. So we'll see how the Americans uh, react when they uh, wake up in a few hours time. Yeah, and also to the geopolitics that continue to come from Russia and China. I'm just noticing a breaking news, uh, you know, coming across my screen right now saying that apparently the Russian Security Council has said that Russia and China have agreed on further cooperation on defense with a focus on joint exercises. So that's one you cannot take your eyes and ears off of. Um, but before we get too depressed there, Scotty, why don't we call it, call it a day and do it all again tomorrow? Sounds good. We'll see you then. See you then. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.